to you all. My name is Shai Sidi. I'm the announcer of Maccabi Tel Aviv. There's a young Israeli guy who is about to join the best league in the world, the NBA. My request is concerning only one thing. It is not Avdijah, it is not Abadijah, and it is not Abadiyah. It is only one way and please put a little emotion in it, because it could really help. It is Danny Avdia. Good luck, Danny. All the best. We love you. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Saturday, November 21st, 10.10 a.m. Eastern Time, to be exact. That's very important here. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the Bass Master ripping lips, Trey Kirby. hey Hey, yo. yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Leolis. Friends. <clears throat> and making the magic happen here, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Well, well, well. Gentlemen, that was an eventful opening night of uh, NBA free agency. I'm going to need Schumann to crunch the specific numbers, but I think we had more than 30 NBA free agents reach agreements on deals late last night early here Saturday morning, including six whose new contracts are worth over $60 million overall. So we got some juicy things to discuss. Some big names haven't signed as of recording yet, you know, waiting on Hayward and Van Vliet and Bogdanovich and all that. But I got a bunch of questions for you guys. So let's jump right into it. Task, get us started, my man. Which team had the best day one of free agency? What do you got? I'm going to go away from free agent signings for a second. I'm pumped for a New Orleans Pelicans trade that they made because it seemed like they were going one direction last week. They traded away Drew Holiday, guy who had been in rumors for a long time, a vet, uh, but they had decided we're going to go a little bit younger, or at least it seemed. They traded him to the Bucks for a billion draft picks. And then all of a sudden, as these you know, mediocre, middling uh, signings come through, all of a sudden we understand that that trade has been expanded to four teams. And Steven Adams is coming to New Orleans for one of those picks that they got from Milwaukee and a couple other picks as well. But Steven Adams is going to be part of their front court to join Zion Williamson, uh, along with Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. I just thought they were going super, super young. And Steven Adams, I thought, man, they're bringing this geezer in. It seems like he's been in the league forever. (laughs) He's only 27 years old, which is absolutely shocking to me. Oh, he's drafted in 2012. Uh, eight years ago as a 19-year-old kid uh, out of Pittsburgh. Uh, but he is, the the I think, the perfect, just solid player in the middle for them uh, just to, to help out Zion Williamson, you know, play some four. I think Stan Van Gundy's going to play Zion at the five spot. Uh, but he just, uh, it's, it's just a nice, slick move, I think, by David Griffin. I, I thought that team may just be a little bit lost uh, because they didn't have a lot of veterans uh, at, at this point, the way it's looking right now. Drew Holiday was technically traded uh, for Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, plus a bunch of picks. Mm-hmm. You know, those would be their guys sort of uh, handling the ball at, at this point, it seems like, along with Lonzo Ball. I think they need another 
backcourt player. And and it seems like if David Griffin is going after a guy like Steven Adams, who's been around the block, uh, that they're probably going to try and get somebody back there as well. But I'm pretty pumped for that lineup. Those four guys, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Steven Adams. I'm not sure who the fifth is uh, starting with those guys, but they went from a team that was looking towards the future to, hey, another one of those teams that could easily make the playoffs in a real, real, real tough Western Conference. It's going to be fun to watch because we talked about it. There just aren't many teams dropping out of the Western Conference playoff picture mm-hmm. for sure. OKC, who is involved in that trade, and who the heck knows, maybe the Rockets. But, man, uh, I- I'm pumped to see their future already starting a little bit earlier than than what was expected after that Drew Holiday deal. Well, I'm glad somebody out there could figure out the specifics of this four-team <laughs> deal I've been spending the last oh, like, I don't two know hours. what it is. <laughs> I, just, I just know Steven oh, Adams is going to be part of the Pelicans. I know. That, that's that's all I know. It's, and Eric it, yeah. Bledsoe allegedly will also be a Pelican as well. Right. right. That's part of that trade. So, right. I mean, that's a uh, it's weird. It's weird. Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo, I suppose, will be the backcourt. Uh, we're still Maybe. waiting to hear about Brandon Ingram. Uh, they, they actually right. got to sign him for him to be playing on the Pelicans. But uh, I don't know. At the very least, you're not going to want to play against the Pelicans because between Steven Adams and Zion Williamson, you're getting smashed. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> these guys are going to be crushing bodies out there. Who knows if they're going to be in the playoff mix? I think they'll be close, at least. I mean, Almost 10 teams are going to make the playoffs in each conference this year. So you would think with the defense they're going to be able to throw out there, they should at least be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think they'll be very disappointed if they uh, if they don't make the playoffs because I think they have made some moves here to sort of show early on into Zion's career, listen, we, we're not going to wait for, uh, you know, to, to try to give you a few years before we try to make a push to the playoffs. We're going to try to do that now. And, and Ingram, I think, is going to re-sign there. I think that's... A, a mere formality at this stage. It's really just whether or not the uh, Pelicans want to give him the max or not, which I think they're probably going to have to, I think, ultimately. I think, uh, and, and I don't think that's a bad decision. I think you may as well lock him up. He's young enough that uh, you can move on from him. That contract's not going to be too much of an albatross if things don't work out. So I think uh, David Griffin there is making some big moves. And, and he, again, you know, they were close to making the playoffs last season and he just doesn't want to have a, a sort of another couple of years of sort of building towards it. He wants to get in there now and try to get Zion uh, into the playoffs and get some experience into him uh, straight away. Remember, you know, talk about how tough those guys are. I remember last year when uh, when when Zion did play against Stephen Adams, he was one of the only guys who could actually push Stephen Adams yeah. out of the way. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of beef down low there in uh, New Orleans now. Yeah. I, you know, I just wonder if there's too much beef. I mean, is the, is the spacing going to be an issue uh, if both of those guys are playing together? I know Zion had that one game where he hit a bunch of threes. <laughs> that was it, though, wasn't first it? Game. Yeah. yeah, I was going <laughs> to say it wasn't much after that, but but we will see. I mean, they lose favors. Obviously, a, a strong defensive-minded center as well. He's going back to Utah, and we'll get to all that. But, yeah, Adam's coming in here, part of this crazy four-team deal. I mean, Three teams deals are enough as it is where I'm like, hold on, hold on. Whose pick is that? Now that's coming by way. And then you throw a fourth team in there, it becomes mind boggling, especially when the team or the trade was already like a two thing or then a three thing. And then now it's a fourth thing. It's like, you're like, you, you start to lose track of everything. But yeah, Tass, you're right. Adams, the key part here, uh, going to the Pelicans and you yeah. like it. You're high on it. Who the heck else? Who knows what else is happening in that trade? Who really knows? But one of those draft picks that Milwaukee got, uh, or that I'm sorry, that Milwaukee sent to New Orleans for Drew Holiday seems like it's being dealt as, as the main part to OKC, who's just gathering those picks and keep on gathering those picks. But uh, yeah, I, I like Stephen Adams just to help out Zion, and then they'll figure out the rest of the roster. Uh, but we know Lonzo Ball is going to be there. We assume Brandon Ingram's going to be there, and I assume that Zion Williamson's going to play some five. I think Stan Van's not going to. 
you know, he's, he's not going to be shy to just mix it up a little bit. You have to. You have to see what Zion is at the five. So I'm just I'm just excited just from a curiosity perspective. That dude at the five pick, roll, take that charge against that guy. Good luck. All right, Trey, who do you got for your uh, sort of your big winner? Who had the best day one in terms of team? Well, similar to how the Pelicans didn't necessarily do it in free agency, same with my team, the Blazers. They've been making moves. Some have been free agency and some have been trades, but it feels a little bit like they're getting the gang back together there in Portland, and I like it. They used uh, the number 16 pick, Trevor Ariza, and a future first-rounder to bring in Robert Covington. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. Robert Covington is exactly what the Blazers need. He'll be able to knock it down from outside, and they need a big wing, and I'm okay with giving up those draft picks because – Blazers player development hasn't been great the past couple of seasons. You know, they brought in a few guys that we thought had some potential and Zach Collins, Anthony Simons, and they've just kind of been on the fringes of the rotation. Also brought back Ennis Cantor. It's crazy to think that he played uh, not last season with the Trailblazers, but just a season before, 1819. Yeah. It feels like 58,000 years ago. Feels like he was there for way more than half a season, but he was beloved uh, amongst Trailblazers fans. He always wins over the locals, no doubt about it. And to me, and it's Cantor, Montrez Harrell, almost the same player. They're giving you a whole bunch on offense and giving it back on defense. Rodney Hood is coming back. They took a shot on Derek Jones Jr. The team is a little bit deeper, a little bit more reliable, a little bit more veteran. They've got some semblance of defense. They're probably not an upper-tier playoff team here, but it all comes down to how good Damian Lillard's going to be, how far he can take him. The Blazers are better today than they were yesterday. I think that's big. You know, they yep. maybe they've just got some more uh, reliable veteran players. They're not going to be starting Mario Hazonia and Anthony Tolliver again this season, and that is a huge win to me. Yeah, what's funny is remember when the Blazers had a bunch of solid, like small forwards, and then they let them all go, but then they went out and now have uh, retooled with, like you said, like Covington and Derek Jones Jr. and re-signing Hood and all that. Even Goalie's injured. I, I like the Blaze what the Blazers did as well. Even Cantor, I, I think it does make sense in that in that backup role because you've seen what he's done before, uh, mm-hmm. filling in for Nurkic when he actually mm-hmm. got injured. So Blazers, okay, a winner from day one again because of trades and signings. And yeah, we're including everything here in the mix. Lee, who you got for a, a team that did well on day one? Well, I think it's the Lakers' week has been pretty good. Uh, started, of course, by getting Dennis Schroeder in a, in a trade. Uh, they've gotten him now signed. And then last night, things got a little bit crazy there with Dwight Howard. I'll get to that a little bit later on. But instead, they go out and they get Montrezl Harrell from the Clippers, which basically he is offense for Dwight's defense, really. that That's what it comes down to here for the, the Lakers. I think Montrez defensively, he was not that good against the Nuggets. But offensively, I mean, he was sixth man of the year last year. Because he goes out there and uh, and gets gets the job done, so I think that's very very important there for the Lakers to have someone else coming uh, off the bench, and then they go out and get uh, Danny Green's replacement in Wesley Matthews, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think you know for, I think it's three point six million he signed for. That's uh, that's a pretty good sort of uh, swap in for uh, for Danny Green. It's funny um, the numbers for those two guys uh, were very very similar last season, and and the Lakers I think just decided to give up on Danny Green. And they get Wes Matthews, who you know is just going to come out there and go f- and uh, start firing away. So, and the thing with the Lakers too is, I don't think they're finished here. They've still got a few other decisions to make. One of them, it's being reported out there. I don't know how accurate it is, but they're trying to sort of gate crash this uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, deal here somehow mm. and try to get him to their team. <laughs> if they can get Bogdanovich, uh, then I mean they're probably already favourites to go to win the championship next season. I think they're 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 a lock for uh, that favouritism if they get him because. 
They've basically retooled uh, and upgraded, in my opinion, for their roster. They're, good. They're definitely going to miss Dwight's defense coming off the bench. But again, a six-man like Montrez, you're out there really to score primarily, and that's what he does. He just can uh, keep that scoreboard ticking when uh, Anthony Davis is sitting down. So uh, I, I think it's been a very, very good offseason here for the Lakers, and still, uh, still some more to come. Avery Bradley, of course. I mean, Rondo's not officially gone, but it looks like he is. Um, so, you know, the Lakes have still got a few little moves to make, but they keep their main players together and I think just improve their uh, role players. Yeah. Do you think, Tass, the Lakers are better right here, uh, you know, day one free agency than they were when they won the title because of these moves like, like Lee just took us through? Or are they the same or are they worse? I think defensively they're they're lacking a little bit, losing Danny Green, losing Dwight Howard, losing Rondo, most likely losing Avery Bradley. That's a big chunk of their team. You, you sub them in for Dennis Schroeder, not a defensive player, uh, Wesley Matthews, who will do a great job. I'm a huge West fan. Uh, Montrez Harrell, not a defensive player. Um, but, yeah, offensively, yeah, they look fabuloso. They got JaVale McGee <laughs> coming back at the center spot. Maybe, this is crazy, but maybe Tristan Thompson uh, comes back to hang out with LeBron James as a, a backup defensive big. But then where does Montrez Harrell go? I, I know we, we we think of Montrez Harrell as this big name uh, it, to me, this was just puzzling how he goes and just jumps the hallway, goes from the Clippers to the Lakers, just like that, for a contract at two years and $19 million after winning sixth man of the year. First, I was surprised that he jumped to a rival like that. Second, just doesn't seem like a lot of bucks for a sixth no. man of the year. Uh, you'd think uh, that a guy like that could get more dollars. Um, so th- they, they want to probably shore up their, their guard wing position a little bit. Uh, they can still do that in... You know, March or, or whenever the, the trade deadline is and, or the buyout deal is and find somebody. But I think at the center spot, too, JaVale McGee at times, um, you know, he couldn't play a ton of minutes. And then Montrezl Harrell's going to be the guy who who stops people. Uh, so I think I think there, there's some some things to work out there. But uh, those are good problems. I mean, they're still friggin great. That's for sure. Yeah. And Montrezl Harrell, his is an interesting deal because I think the second year is a is a player option. So you could almost look at it like he's signing a one-year deal, and if he plays well and just go right into free agency in 2021 again and get a whole bunch more. But you're right, that was a shocking number, especially when we get to some of the other numbers some guys got. You're like, what? That's got all that he clutch got? discount there for the Lakers is I 100% think so. what it is. Yeah. And like you're saying, Skeets, the Lakers in the clutch era have been giving out player options to basically everybody. Yep. This is a good way for Montrez Harrell to go to a better team going from the Clippers to the Lakers where he's not going to be as instrumental as a piece. It came down to the Clippers for are we playing our defensive guy in Zubats or are we playing our offensive guy in Montrez Harrell? The decision's pretty easy for the Lakers. We're playing Anthony Davis when it comes down to it. He gives you right. the better defense and the better offense. But if Montrez Harrell can come in, show how uh, how well he can play, how well he played during the regular season last year, remake that money that he lost during the bubble and go back into free agency and cash out once again. The clutch plan. That's how it is. You yeah. take a discount from the Lakers and it pays off eventually. Yeah, Speaking of clutch, they're, they're waiting for Contavious Caldwell-Pope to come back to the they they're desperate for yeah, wings, so he's holding he, out for more money. KCP, you <laughs> should. Yeah, he's he's done very well out of Lakers, didn't he? Sign like for eighteen million a couple of years ago, and uh, what one year? And then I like think his last contract. Dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now he's now he's saying, hey, pay me more. Like, jeez, he did I, play well for them though last season. I'll, I'll say that he played yeah. well. He's a good he's a good three and D guy. That's all he needs to be, and um, you know he can do it. But uh, yeah, wow. 
Just shows, man. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Really, that's how it always comes down to. <laughs> and I wonder what this all means for Kyle Kuzma. You brought up Bogdanovich yeah. there, Lee. I mean, his name's been in a lot of trade talk, um, whether they look to move on from him. And he would be like a piece, I think, that would entice a lot of other teams, being a young guy where you're like, you can talk yourself into him being maybe more of a star. But maybe not because he played for the Lakers and everyone becomes a bigger star in everyone's minds. Is he really that good? But anyway, we'll see what happens with Kuz. I'll just go quickly here for my uh, team that had a good day one. It was a quick day one, and it was the Miami Heat. Uh, you talk about bringing the band back together there, Trey. That's what these guys did. They go to the finals last year, You know, put up a decent fight against the Lakers, a little short, uh, short staff there with some of the injuries. But right away, you know, when officially, officially it kicked off on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, they were making moves. Dragic re-signed with them for two years. $37.4 million, second-year team option, though. Myers Leonard, two years, $20 million, hello, second-year team option. Haslam re-signs with them. No-brainer there. <laughs> One-year minimum salary contract. So I like this. This is why I like this, because they're obviously a good team. They're, they want to stay competitive in the mix as one of the East top contenders. So keeping Dragic allows them to keep their core together of Jimmy and Bam and him and then all the pieces around them. But... It's those second-year team options that are really important because it does still allow Miami to maintain cap space, you know, possibly, at least for the summer of 2021. And I've seen that if Dragic were on a straight one-year deal, that he would have to approve any trade. So he would de facto have a no-trade clause. So that two-year, you have that, that team option. Things can be done here where you can move. And I think Leonard will definitely be moved. They love him because he's a positive guy on the bench. He is. We, we talked about it in the bubble. You know, he goes to the bench. There's a lot of money for a bench guy, by the way. But Big bowl he, of lemons. Yeah, yeah look, he's, he's chucking his Coors Light. He's shotgunning Coors Light, and everybody loves having the guy around. Okay, that means something. That's the heat culture that they talk about. But I think he either gets moved because that big contract could help out and bring him back a star, or Kelly Olenek is likely moved. I think one of those two guys, I'll be shocked. Again, if there's a big name out there that, that Pat Riley and the Heats can say, hey, we got, we got the pieces we could put together here to get so-and-so, you know, whoever that is, uh, you know. Beal, Oladipo, whoever. Um, I think that's in play. So I like what the Heat did. We don't need to spend a lot of time on them, but they basically brought it back, but just didn't handcuff themselves for long-term money. Mm-hmm. It is a sort of a win-win to me. Still a good team, still got their good players, but they can still make a lot of moves here. And uh, that 2021, obviously, class, if some of the big names are available, Giannis and so on, well, they could be in play because they could open up the, the money to go get one of those guys. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, the next question, though. This is the fun one. I mean, we took too much positive talk here on a Saturday for me. Things that make you go, huh, hmm. What was the wildest signing from day one? Task, get us started. Which one just, like, had you going, what? There's a bunch of guys on the wing signing for four and monster numbers. And Joe Harris is one of them. Four years, 75 million. Bang! Uh, Yeah, especially with the Brooklyn Nets, where Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant heard there's only one basketball but joe harris is gonna want to shoot that thing they also got landry shaman a few days ago which was a great pickup 
Um, but I'm most surprised, number one, the dollar figure for Joe Harris, who's Ty. an incredible shooter. It's it's a big, big number. And second, when Kyrie Irving was in the middle of the season there and he took to the mic after a tough loss and he said, listen, we knew that this was going to be a rebuilding year. Myself, KD, Karis, Jared, uh, this guy, this guy, this guy. We'll be back. We'll be all right. But he didn't name Joe Harris. So I'm just shocked that Joe Harris is coming back uh, after he wasn't named by Kyrie Irving. I think it's a smart signing to have incredible shooters around, uh, especially with Mike D'Antoni there, uh, Steve Nash there. They're going to want shooters around uh, those two guys. It's just a big dollar figure. Just didn't see that coming out of anywhere. Joe Harris has made this money for himself. Uh, Congrats to him. And he could have made more too, apparently. Apparently there were a lot of suitors out there for him and he took a bit of a discount to stay in uh, Brooklyn. So, I wonder what he turned down. I mean, you you, you figure someone was probably going to offer him uh, 90, 95 million. And he said, no, I want to stay in Brooklyn. I guess he uh, sees it is a good fit. I think it is actually oh, a great, sure. great spot. All you have to do is basically shoot threes and you're going to get uh, uh, some opportunity to shoot them. But uh, <laughs> 20 million for four years at that, I think, uh, yeah, I think that I would. I think that's a great spot for Joe Harris. Well, Lee, I saw you ask the question on Twitter last night. So Joe Harris resigns with the Nets four years, 75 million. Davis Bertans re-signs with the Wizards for five years, $80 million, uh, with an ETO after the fourth year. Keep that in mind. But you said, right, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, basically like, who's better or who would you who want would more you rather? on that value? Yeah, yeah on that type yeah. of deal. Let's throw it at Trey Kirby. Uh, I don't know if you responded to the tweet. Maybe I should have went and checked. But uh, if no you way. did, please recite it. <laughs> no way. Okay. Well, who would you rather have or who's a better player in your mind in terms of the money? I mean, I would go with Bertans, but literally the only reason I'm saying this is because he's taller. I don't know if that makes any (laughs) sense, but I got a little bit more faith that he's going to be able to continue to get shots up. Obviously, Joe Harris has a little bit more of a track record of making shots. You know, he won a three-point contest. He's had a couple of more seasons of three-point shooting spectacularness, and he does have a little bit of um, experience playing on a super team. He was there as a rookie when LeBron James was a Cleveland Cavalier. I still remember David Blatt starting him as a rookie alongside Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and LeBron. Pretty weird to think that Joe Harris was a starter back in the day. Um, But yeah, he'll fit in nicely. It's just going to be a lot of pressure on him come playoff time. We don't know exactly what the Nets team's going to look like, but we know KD and Kyrie are going to be there, which means... Joe Harris isn't going to get a ton of shots, but every time he gets them, you got to knock them down, especially when you're making almost 25 mil a year. Yeah. You agree with that, Tass? Or is Bertans, uh, Joe Harris, too, too similar to even, you know, decide? What do you think? Well, I would like to see Davis Bertans on a, a contending type team where, you know, there is a little bit more pressure than what he had last year, a guy coming off the bench. Joe Harris, uh, now, you sure there's pressure on him as, as a guy making 19 mil, but uh, it's a lot different than last year when they basically were the team that no one believed in in, in the uh, in the bubble. He had to do a lot of dribbling, and now um, it's just catch and shoot, baby. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Davis Bertans had to do off the bench last year for the for the Wiz. So you know, it's pretty much the same. But yeah, I think height is important. So uh, I might take Davis Bertans. I don't know. I think Joe's got a little bit more of a handle, and he's got the track record. Joe Harris, much more handsome than the Latvian laser, though. Let's be honest, right? With that beard, he's a rugged-looking man. <laughs> you grow one so? beard, and you, I, I think he's normal-looking. I mean, he looks like a guy named Joe That's not Harris. what I asked. I said, is he better-looking than the Latvian laser? <laughs> hey, man, we got a lot of Latvians in this family over here. I'm not taking up arms against those people. All right. 
I you think Darius Burton's got the look <laughs> in that family? Okay, so uh, yeah, Joe guys. Harris getting paid. Same with Burton's there. Trey, um, what what had you a little perplexed last night or early this morning? I don't know how late you stayed up again after that draft night where you were up till two thirty. When, when did you go to bed last night? Now I need to know. Uh, just one thirty last night. Oh jeez, this guy is an owl man. Anyway, what was the craziest? Move for you? <laughs> I'm an owl man. <laughs> Uh, A weird one for me was the whole Christian Woods signing with the Houston Rockets. He signed pretty quickly. You know, three years, 27 million. Everybody's saying, oh, look at this. The Rockets are actually spending a little bit of money here. They're going with their mid-level exception. Everybody's mind is blown because the Pistons give Mason Plumlee (laughs) three years for 25 million. Christian Wood supposedly is better than Plumlee. But then Shams tweets that uh, Christian Wood remains engaged with interested teams, and then an hour later, he's signed for three years, $41 million yeah. from the Houston Rockets. The man negotiated a $14 million raise <laughs> because of the internet is what it seemed like. Everybody was going crazy that Plumlee got such a big deal and Christian Wood did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also still a weird signing, I do think, for the Rockets because... It seems like they're going to be a rebuilding team. They do still have James Harden and Russell Westbrook right now. They do need a center uh, because it doesn't look like they're going to be playing uh, pocket Rockets basketball next season. So they needed somebody around, and Wood is going to be a good player. But it just seems like maybe you're spending money on a center when you're going to be one of the worst teams in the league if all of these trades eventually do go through. I know they want to get uncomfortable. You can definitely get uncomfortable with Christian Wood. Let me tell you, growing up with a dad who's a pastor, you can get in trouble with Christian Wood. (laughs) But all things considered, this seems to be a pretty good move for the Rockets. You know, I don't don't know a lot about Christian Wood. I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't watching the Pistons after the trade deadline when he was putting up massive numbers uh, for a team that nobody cares about. I'm always skeptical in that. Big guys, it's easy to put up rebounding numbers because you're standing next to the rim. Nonetheless, they needed a center. They got one. It was very weird, though, how it went down. Yeah, I'm glad you said that about Christian Wood. It feels like there is no other player in the league right now where, for whatever reason, uh, people are, like, really high on him. Okay, I get it. I get his age. I get the numbers he put up in Detroit. But I'm convinced, like, 90% of those people saying, wow, Christian Wood's really good. He's going to be really good. They've never seen him play. I'm absolutely convinced of it. I, I, like, because exactly like you said, Trey, I don't think a lot of these people were watching the Pistons and Christian Wood. And I'm not even pretending I saw a whole lot of them. I don't even have much of an opinion on them, but it's not as high as most people. I know that. But I'm happy you got paid. Look, 341 sure. and getting a little bit more of them in the Rockets, like you said, thanks to Twitter. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I just think people are going a little overboard, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the people that actually have watched them are like, no, this kid's good. Did he not play for the Rockets like in a G League team or, I mean, excuse me, like a Vegas Summer League roster way back in the day too i think they may have had the first flyer on him if i if i have that correct but uh anyway he is going to houston christian wood yeah i was hoping he uh i was hoping he at least signed like early saturday morning for a morning wood joke or something like that but uh he took it next level with the christian one i'll give you that all right lee what do you got for uh, a wild signing in your opinion from wow this one was crazy last night at 7 17 p.m 17 minutes or i guess it was an hour and 17 minutes after free agency opened dwight howard tweeted yep that he was going back or staying, I guess, in uh, in Los Angeles. He was very excited. He said, I'm staying right where I belong. Laker Nation, I love you all. Purple and gold never gets old. Right. Perfect. 
Well, apparently it wasn't perfect <laughs> because apparently that hadn't been agreed to yet. Dwight, Dwight, Chris Haynes had a bit of a breakdown on Yahoo saying that Dwight thought he was given an offer, but it wasn't really a formal offer. hadn't been signed off on uh, from Lakers' ownership yet. Right. So Dwight, Dwight announced that. And very quickly he deleted it and Shams tweeted out basically saying, uh, there's no deal. Dwight's still considering his... <laughs> Dwight is still considering his options. <laughs> 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 and then and then and so you know like everyone was just laughing and having fun assuming that it was more just a, a formality and maybe a paperwork issue yeah. there but then about an hour later we find out that Daryl Morey has swooped in and signed him uh, in Philadelphia so Dwight is actually now joining the Sixers <laughs> next year on a one year deal which is going to make the most hilarious uh, a combination of him and Joel Embiid oh, on I social know. media it's going to be so much fun to watch um, and it's it's not a bad signing, actually, for the Sixers to have him. Again, if he can do what he did for the Lakers last year and just provide some uh, impact when he comes off the bench, then that's great. That's certainly uh, something the Sixers need. But just the hilarity of how it went down last night was just incredible to see a player say he's staying with a team and an agent saying, no, you, no, you're still considering your options, okay? <laughs> and, then he, uh, and then he ends up signing with a completely different team that no one saw whatsoever because... Going in, I, I I assumed it was a formality. Why wouldn't Dwight stay in LA? He can right. potentially win a championship again. He rehabbed his uh, image last year and his reputation so well. He's happy in that role. Uh, you'd think it was just like, yeah, Dwight's staying in LA, but instead uh, he's going to Philadelphia. And what a just what an awesome moment it was on Twitter last night. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I'm always amazed that people have the foresight to uh, screen grab these tweets too. Like it wasn't up long, the Dwight, right? He no. puts it up and then he was like, oh, somebody tells him, obviously, no, this is not done. Take it down. And it gets deleted very quickly. But, you know, 10 people, 100 people have already screen grabbed it. And like you just showed us, uh, it uh, lives forever now on the internet. It always oh, amazes yeah. me. Do people just screen grab every tweet that's i'm convinced what they do just in <laughs> yeah, case they, they get taken out it's it comes up automatically just so you can burn somebody a little bit later but <laughs> yeah. uh i don't think it was deleted weird. in the first place i think that was the problem the next report came out shams came out and said and he's still considering deleted. his options because our own da said uh well this was on his website five minutes ago i think he was a da was able to go back and go snip snip uh, <laughs> and, and put it up because yeah it, it, there's a lot of just a puzzling night uh, puzzling also that the rumor is Dwight Howard wants more PT, more playing time, and that's why he's going to Philadelphia. I, I just wonder how that's all going to play out. Yeah, you got Joel Embiid starting in front of you. One, two, you're not on LeBron's team anymore, where everything is clearly defined. You're going to Philadelphia, where everything's a little bit more mishy mashy. So I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know if Dwight's going to be throwing elbows in Philadelphia like he did against Samuel Dallenberry. Like there's. Uh, it's, it's just I, uh, I'm not a fan of this signing. It's just you, you Daryl Morey brought in all this these solid pieces that make sense, uh, and then this one to me, uh, what's what's really the motivation there? I don't know. Well, Joel Embiid does get hurt a lot. Yeah, he does miss yeah. a lot of time, and they're going to be able to bring in a pretty solid guy who will be able to play pick and roll next to Ben Simmons. You got to imagine there will be a little bit more pick and roll going on with the 76ers. I just think it's a, it's a pretty solid signing. Dwight was great as a backup center for the Lakers last year. I mean, things kind of went a little haywire when he had four months off and got to talk to the media a lot. But um, he's going to be a solid player on a minimum contract. I just love that Daryl Morey apparently knows exactly the way into Dwight Howard's heart. Anytime he has a chance to lure him as a free agent, just whispers those sweet nothings, and Dwight's ready to sign on the dotted <laughs> yeah, the, line. The sweet, the sweet uh, yeah. uh, whispers are... 
<laughs> and Dwight's like, ah! Oh, yeah, Joel's going to love that in the locker room, though. <laughs> um, you talked about timing, too, uh, Tass. I thought yesterday was strange, and I think it was a fallout from the Bogdanovich uh, dilemma or mishap or whatever you want to call it between the Bucks and the Kings and the tampering and the investigation. Like, usually with free agency, yeah, okay, 6 o'clock hits, and then, you know, at 6.01, we have like 12 deals agreed to or even prior to the 6 p.m. You know, deadline or whatever the deadline is set. That wasn't really the case um, yesterday. You could see that teams, uh, agents, players were like a little bit more hesitant to make sure they had everything lined up and uh, all the paperwork correct uh, before like sort of news got leaked to Shams and Woj and some of the other guys. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that? It felt a little bit more by the book because everyone was a little bit like hesitant to have another uh, Bogdanovich situation mm-hmm. here, no? Yeah, you don't want to get caught in that investigation. After it went down with Bogdan, everybody was uh, slow peddling it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like. yeah, it, it felt like that for sure. All right, so the one team or the wildest signings that had me going, huh? I guess I'll just say all things Pistons related. Um, <laughs> what a fascinating, fascinating Friday night from Detroit. Uh, and this continued after a flurry of moves that they made on Wednesday during the NBA draft. Troy Weaver, he said he was going to be aggressive. The guy's going nuts right now. I don't know what is going on. He's like, I'm a GM, I'm a GM, what do I do? I can do everything. I finally have the power. All right, let's move that guy. Let's shit that guy. Anyway, they were very active in the start of free agency. They added uh, several centers, I mean players, uh, to their team. So let's go through them all here. Now, I like some of these moves and I hate some of them. Sort of like what happened with their draft. They're just all over the board. Jeremy Grant, he signed with the Pistons for three years, $60 million. $20 million per year for Jeremy Grant. Now, Denver was reportedly interested in keeping him, but he opted to, do- to join Detroit because he wants a larger role. So I assume that means he's going to be the starting small forward for the Pistons next year. All right, Mason Plumley, we threw his name out there. He signed with the Pistons for three years, $25 million. <laughs> that basically meant right there that Christian Wood was gone, and he is. Julia Lokafor. Signed with the Pistons for two years. Another center, uh, Josh Jackson, I believe a Detroit native. He signed with the Pistons. I think that's another two-year deal. Uh, Those guys, by the way, were like high draft picks, you know, back in 2015 with Okafor, Josh Jackson, 2017. Hilarious. And then they had a trade, too. There was a a sort of, I don't know, complicated multi-team deal that included the Rockets and the Thunder. DeLon Wright is coming to Detroit. So, again, I like some of these moves, but a lot of it was, where are they going here? Um, it, like I love the DeLon Wright pickup. I got to be honest, because they turned Trevor Ariza into really him. And uh, I, I like that move. Maybe it's because I'm a Raps fan. I liked DeLon Wright when he was with Toronto. He was sort of lost a little bit in Dallas with the type of uh, you know system that they had. But I think he could work well for uh, Casey again in, uh, Tor- uh, in Detroit now. But man, the centers and all this, like I don't know if they're setting up for a big Blake trade here because they have a lot of somewhat movable contracts, but that was a, am I alone, Lee? That was a confusing night from the Detroit. Confusing last couple of days, if we're being yeah. honest. Uh, Jalil Okafor just came out of nowhere uh, and yeah. signed there in Detroit. I, I, I mean, I, was he on the Pelicans last season? I can't even remember where he was. Uh which, I mean, his career just had, did fall off a cliff pretty Okay, quickly. okay. Taz said he couldn't believe Steven Adams is 27. Yeah. Jaleel Okafor... I think is only 24 years old. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That wow. is insane. He feels yeah. at least 27, yeah. if not older. But yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry, keep going. But, but yeah, again, what we sort of said the other day with the Pistons, like it's not a sort of destination where you are going to get the big names. Like Jeremy Grant is a very good signing for them. I think the Nuggets are going to miss him badly. I thought he was 
very, very good for them down in the bubble, and he's exactly the sort of role player that Denver needs and is going to miss. So $20 million for him, he's getting paid. So he's he's good there. But a lot of the other ones, yeah, you're just sort of wondering, like, how is this guy going to fit? How long is he going to be there for? And what's he going to really uh, change to that team? But uh, if you are Troy Weaver, like you said, you've, you've, you've just got to go out there and take a few flyers out there on these guys, if mm-hmm. you can, and uh, and see who works out and see who doesn't, because not everyone is going to work out. But, um, you know, I think if you're the Pistons... You're, you're a better team. I think you're a better what? team. Are they? I don't know. It's hard. I think they're a better team than they were last season. I think, I think they're a better team because they might be the worst team in the league this year. I think that's a great plan. Good job signing all of these bad players to big contracts because somebody's got to be bad. There's seems like 25 teams in the league are trying to win right now. Basically everybody except for the Thunder and the Pistons, really. And so now they're going to get a shot at a very high draft pick next year. Likely Blake will be moved at some point if somebody's willing to take a chance on his playmaking and the way you could fit him in as maybe a last piece on a contending team. I don't imagine they're done with their moves, but it was hilarious to see them bursting onto the scene to be the first ones to sign anybody. It was similar to Timofey Mozgov and Luol Deng signing with the Lakers yeah. like four seconds into free agency back in 2016, seeing these huge deals for Plumley and then digging out Okafor. <laughs> to give them a deal. At one point, they had acquired five centers in like 48 hours. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff in 2020. Yeah, I guess they're stretching Dwayne Dedman's contract and Magruder's contract. So they're, they're stretching out that money. Yeah, they're not done. They're very likely not done. You're right. And I, I mean, I said it after the draft. I'm with you, Trey. They're going to be brutal. They're going to be bad. That's totally fine. They need a top pick. They need a star that they can draft, uh, you know, maybe in 2021. I think they're just going to build up, you know, they're trying to build up, you know, Blake, his value, trade him, Derek Rose, same thing, and then just sort of lean into this very strange, obviously young team with Coach Casey, and, and again, try and land a, land a top pick, top three. I know the, the lottery odds make that a little more difficult because you never know, but they're going to be in the mix. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, cross their fingers and hope they land uh, super, super high, but they should be because they're going to be garbage. I think they're going to be horrible. What's my buddy Grish been saying? You know, I, I, he must have been texting you last night. Well, yeah, he was excited about the Jeremy Grant signing, but he spelled Jeremy's name wrong. So you can tell he's a big fan of Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Jeremy <Yeah>. Grant. <laughs> the Jeremy Grant signing, that was uh, pretty surprising, especially because the yeah. reports came out soon thereafter that the Nuggets had offered him the exact same deal that he signed with the Pistons, but he wanted the ball a lot more. I think this is a bigger loss for the Nuggets than it is a gain for the Pistons. Oh, yeah. sure, uh, sure. Jeremy yeah. Grant... It's fun to be underrated, but when you get paid a lot of money and you're going to have the ball in your hands a lot of time, you can get overrated pretty quickly. Yeah, and one more I'll just throw in here that had me, I guess, a little shocked. It was $60 million as well, fourth-year team option, but it was a four-year deal. Mike uh, Malik, excuse me, Beasley, I almost said Michael Beasley, not, uh, Malik Beasley signing with the Wolves, you know, re-signing to stay there. Just Interesting for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, he's a shooting guard. I guess maybe they're hoping he can play small forward, but they just drafted Anthony Edwards. <laughs> and you would think at the number one pick, you're going to give him a chance um, at the two spot, and he would get a lot of those minutes. And then also you got Rubio and D'Angelo. So, like, D'Angelo, if they're both out there, is going to be playing too. So that's weird. Just, like, where does he slot in? He also was arrested this offseason and uh, charged with felony threats of violence and fifth-degree drug possession. So, you know, I guess the Wolves are pretty confident in uh, – the way that case is going to go or the way those charges are going to be either dropped or whatever, um, that they're willing to go four years, $60 million for this guy. I think he's a good player. Mm. I, I don't think it's an insane contract, but it, the, the, 
it, it, the fit's a little weird. Again, maybe they think he can play small forward. I don't know if he can. Um, he's not huge. Like yeah, in my head, I always think he's bigger than he is, but he's more of a shooting guard uh, sort of size, I think. So we'll see. That one had me a little perplexed, but uh, it was a fun, fun first night. All right, let's keep it moving here. What was the best signing? Let's just like go specific sort of signing or trade or whatever, but uh, the best signing from day one of free agency. What do you got, Tass? Well, when you look at the Hawks signing Danilo Gallinari, who at some point people thought was going to be the biggest name moved as a free agent for three years and $61.5 million, $20 million a year for a guy who's you know 30 plus now. It, it looks like a lot on paper, I guess, because Gallinari has been around for a long time and you know, technically past his prime, but he's a very, very solid guy. And I likened it to Paul Millsap being signed by the Nuggets a few years ago. Getting a vet mm-hmm. while you have lots and lots and lots of cap room and you're not crippling yourself too long in the future. I think it, it'll be totally fine on their books. Travis Lank is very good at that with the Hawks. So three years, 20 per uh, for Danilo Gallinari, who is a shot maker and will make shots uh, when Trey Young gives him the ball. I think it just fits on the court really really well they needed a guy who he could just pass it to now it it's like you're just talking about the wolves really really crowded backcourt the hawks front court is now yeah. crowded gallinari is a, a four these days he's not playing the three john collins is also a four uh Onyeka, they just drafted a five they have clint capella at the five that's a lot of bodies uh, for sure but i think just like the wolves Everybody's on the table. You know, they have contracts at every range. I think that's sort of why the Wolves signed Malik Beasley to that number. They've got contracts that they can throw in as an asset, as a dollar value whenever. Uh, And so the Hawks are ready to deal. I don't think Gallinari, like Paul Millsap uh, in Denver, is part of the the championship roster that they envisioned years down the road. But when you got money and you got a guy who can make shots, uh, I I think it it just it makes sense. Again, not crippling your your um, your number in the future. And they just, they're just desperate, you know, when, when the ball is out of Trey Young's hands for somebody to be able to create. And Gallinari, you can count on. Uh, he, he's, you know, borderline all-star guy because he's, he's that good. So I think he's, he's going to have fun. He's going to get basically whatever shots he wants uh, next year. It is confusing how it's all going to play out, though. With John Collins still uh, has the ability to sign a long-term deal. Uh, what is going on there in that front court? That's, that's a fair question, especially when, when they make that draft pick. Uh, a few days ago it's it's clogged um, but on the floor I think he's gonna be pretty pretty happy yeah those are the two questions with this Gallinari signing to me it's one yeah what are they doing with John Collins is he on the move because they don't have a lot of time here like to decide on whether they're gonna pay him right he's up for an extension now and then he's a restricted free agent after next season um, or after this season excuse me and then yeah are they an eight seed are they a seven seed like does Gallinari get them into the playoffs Tass like, what's open your- uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they're the whole, banking the on for sure, I would It's think. his durability that's a question as well. He uh, he often mm-hmm. misses a lot of games. Last season, he actually played a lot of games for his standards, and he was good at times for the Thunder in the playoffs. So he's that veteran who you know can get you a bucket. Not a great defender. That's one of his weaknesses. Um, and, yeah, is he going to be out there? You're paying a guy $20 million just to sort of make threes and hit a few shots? Fine, because he can do that. But what else does he sort of give you outside of that? Uh, at this stage of his career, not a lot. And, again, are you going to get more than 50 or 60 games out of him? A season. That's that's a big question, I think. But mm-hmm. I think again, if you are the Hawks, Travis Schlenk is basically just saying Trey Young is going to have the ball in his hands, and if he gets uh, a lot of the defensive pressure and he can fire it out to a guy who you know can make shots, then mm-hmm. that's what we're paying for. So it's it's one of those moves. It's like, yeah, you can see why the Hawks made this move. They're hoping it pays off for them. 
Could backfire a little bit, though, if Gallinari just can't stay on the floor and uh, and if defensively he's just a bit of a sieve. So we'll see. But They still have cap space, too. I mean, yeah. they oh, yeah. could not be done. They had a ton of it. I think Bogdanovich is still being tied. Yeah. You know, his yeah. name is still being tied with them. So I don't know if they could bring him in as well. That'd be pretty impressive. Yeah, I was, Trey, I was, I was pumped to see Vince Carter, in, yeah. you know, post-career here, saying, my sources say that the Hawks could get two of Rajon Rondo, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, yeah. VC. I believe him when he talks. When he says he's got sauces, pour that sauce on me, baby. I believe everything <laughs> that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> Trey, Trey, anything to add about the, the Hawks and Gallinari there? They're going to be good on offense, and I think that that'll at least be a fun thing to watch. You know, it's not going to be all Trey Young all the time. It's going to be a huge... Uh, a huge burden for Clint Capella, I think, to be cleaning up a whole bunch of mistakes because there's not many defenders no. on the Hawks right now. But like Tass is saying, he's bringing up Vince Carter. Vince Carter played 60 games for the Hawks last year. He was in the top eight in their rotation. Even if John Collins stays around, even if they've got this huge glut of players in the front court, their depth is a little bit better. And if they're going to be able to bring in either Bog Bog or Ra Ron, <laughs> Rajon Rondo. If they're able to bring in a couple of more players, the team is getting a little bit deeper. They were playing a bunch of guys who were kind of on the periphery of the NBA last year, some big minutes. We know Trey Young wanted some help here in Atlanta, and it looks like he's getting it. at least some players who are veterans and are going to be moving them to their next step of the rebuilding phase. Is John Collins a part of that? I kind of think no, but you also don't want to be trading away uh, your second best player. So we'll see uh, the optics of that, but... It's an improvement for the Hawks, no doubt. All right, Lee, why don't you go next here? Best signing, for, in your opinion, day one. Well, I think Derek Favors going back to the Utah Jazz is going to be very important for Utah. Uh, they got him basically on a steal as well. Three years, $27 million, and that third year is a player option as well for Derek Favors. Now, he's one of the most underrated players, I think, in the league. And he's not a sexy name, and he's not a highlight real guy. But his impact on both ends of the floor for Utah when he was there was significant. And I think they missed him last season. I think... Part of the reason the Jazz struggled, defensively especially, was that he wasn't there and Rudy got exposed a little bit more. And I think Derek Favors covered up a little bit of those uh, errors that he'd made in the past. And so he goes back there to a team where he doesn't have to acclimatize to the team. He's the same coach. It's basically the same system, virtually the same roster. He's going to go in there and understand exactly what his role is. And I'm not going to go through all the geeky numbers here, but Andy Bailey had some about the impact he had on both ends of the floor last night. He was tweeting out. So if you want to go and check it out there, he's got a great connection with Joe Ingles. He's just one of those very reliable, solid players that mm-hmm. teams need, and the Jazz definitely missed him last season. So he goes back there, like I say, an incredible contract, really. Three years, $27 million. That, like That's just a steal these days for a, still a youngish guy who understands his role. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a very, very good signing by the Jazz. The Pelicans, clearly from the moves they've made, they didn't need him either anymore. So he goes back to a situation where he's comfortable, he knows it already, and the Jazz should improve from it. So I like that one. They also, uh, the Jazz, re-signed Jordan Clarkson for four years, $52 million. He played really, really well for them when he came over, coming off the bench. Yeah, he he, uh, he was shooting. He came out of there shooting. Uh, I, was, I thought he got a little more. I thought 52 was a little more to pay uh, for Jordan Clarkson. because They got uh, new ownership there in Utah, though. Yeah, I'd like to see that's, that. That's come true, in yeah. and say, hey, let's throw that that money around. What's the company yeah. that Ryan Smith, what's the name, Ryan Smith? It's, uh, it's uh, Qual, Qual, uh, Qual, yeah, something Q. It's Qualtrics? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll look at but, it. But Jordan Clarkson, yeah, he he is like a Lou Williams in the past, where you just if if you come off the bench, you don't have to be a great defender. If you can just fill it up like he can, then uh, then that's the role, and you get paid for that. So 
good on him for getting that. But he just, uh, oh, he's not afraid to shoot the ball, though, Jordan Clarkson, when he gets it in his hand. So uh, good on him. He's got his yeah. money. And uh, it was. It's Ryan Smith is the new Utah Jazz owner, tech billionaire, co-founded the online survey software company Qualtrics in mm. Utah. Sold that startup for a cool $8 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Uh, I guess he was a co-founder of it, I should say. But anyway, okay. So yeah, you like the you like favors. Yeah, he's got to split that eight billion with some other person. Good. Uh, but yeah, coming in there, and I will say too uh, about the Jazzly, they made some deals earlier this week that were money-saving deals to make these signings happen. And I'm talking about sending Tony Bradley to Detroit mm-hmm. and Ed Davis to New York. Now they had to attach picks, like second-round picks, to that, but that gave them enough room here to sign Clarkson, re-sign him. And then go get favors. And, you know, they still, I think, stayed under the hard cap at the luxury tax apron. So that's some pretty good work. Like, nice, like, little, like, you got to think ahead with these things, right? Yeah. They, they, they all work together, all these deals. Ultimately, you look back and go, okay, we got this and this. Well, they had to do that, unfortunately. And I like Ed Davis and Tony Bradley. There's another guy that the uh, the Pistons have as a, as a center <laughs> on their team. Well, Bradley, so, was ho- they were hoping he would kind of be yeah. the replacement for Favors. Uh, yeah. But but he wasn't as good as Favors. So, you know, you get the old guy. So back now the it. Pistons hope that he's Christian Wood 2.0, basically, is what they're going to hope. Or at least he's like a plum, like he's a Plumley yeah. <laughs> 4.0 or something. Uh, yeah. Well, they got a Plumley, didn't they, the Pistons? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> hey, you, you think never Derek have favors. too many Plums. You think Derek, yeah, I think there's another Plumley out there. There's always a Plumley ready to be plucked somewhere. Uh, do you think Derek Favors starts like he used to? Because I assume not. But, I don't think so. Uh, not sure. Not sure. It's, they used to start him and Rudy Gobert. That was yeah. their 4-5. Yeah. But now, uh, you know, Derek Favors, he's only I 29. I don't think so. I think he just shores up the defense when Gobert's off the floor. You'd uh, think so. Yeah. But, but who knows? They'll have options there. All right, Trey, what do you got for best signing from day one of free agency? My favorite acquisition was the most expensive player of the day. I'm talking, of course, about Kelly Oubre. The Warriors got him for a first round pick into a trade exception. You're thinking this guy only makes $14 million. That's nothing. <laughs> but as Bobby Marks of ESPN reported, yeah, he makes 14.4 million for Ubre. but then you're adding another $68 million in taxes, bringing us to a grand total of $82 million. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> for a season of Kelly Ubre Jr. That's crazy, That's crazy, but I love it because Does he make them a title contender again, having lost Klay Thompson? Probably not. But it would have been very easy for the Warriors to say, we got no Klay, we got no chance. We're not spending any more money this year. But they went the other way and said, we're spending a ton of money for a decent player. And that, to me, is just good ownership, good management. As for the Thunder, they're getting very close to their ideal team of zero players and (laughs) 60 first-round draft picks. you got to love it from both sides. (laughs) Yeah, I think I saw, I forget who it was on Twitter, so so I apologize. But, like, this idea, you're right, Trey, of, like, if anything, like, Joe Lacob, like, Warriors owner, he, like, sees the clay injury, he's out for another year, and he, like, it's like a chip on his shoulder. Like, oh, yeah, you guys think we're just going to, like, mail it in again? No, we're going to go for it. Like, I don't care what it costs. We're going to try and still contend and win a title. That's awesome. Like, yeah, I know it is. I mean, if you're a Warriors fan, absolutely. That's what you would want. Um, yeah, it's just it is incredible number that you're throwing out there for ultimately what it costs them to bring <laughs> him in. But they had the trade exemption. They had to use it from the dollar they wanted to. And, yeah, they fold them in there. It just still costs them a ton of money overall. A ton. It's crazy. Man, man. man. Yeah, so much for our uh, optimism with Clay Thompson's injury uh, the other night. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, he's out for the season with the torn Achilles. That sucks. Uh, 
thoughts going out to Clay. Hopefully he'll be back a, a year from now and somehow back to form. But that that's a that's a bummer. But Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Trey. Like, no, not going to do what Clay does because uh, Clay's that damn good. But he can fill somewhat of that role, and he could be real good alongside a guy like Steph Curry, I think, in, in cutting off the ball and stuff like that. So, and if you we'll want to get see. crazy skeets, you can be like, man. Ubre and Wiggins out there on the wing? Those are some versatile athletic defenders. <laughs> We're going to run the court. You got Ubre, Wiseman, and Wiggins running the wings, running down the middle. Draymond distributing, and of course, Steph Curry knocking them down from 40 feet. Light years, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's good Inevitably, point. someone will say, oh, Andrew Wiggins overpaid. Uh, but he can just turn and say, this guy beside me, Kelly Oubre, <laughs> he's the highest paid player in the league, man. He's making over $80 million. You, just, you thought you brought up the Utah ownership and Qualtrics. Just think about $84 million they're, they're willing to pay out. Just shows you what's going on in those books. There's, there's a lot oh, of money God. in those books. They yeah. just built Chase Center. Don't ever Center. feel bad. Don't ever feel no. bad for uh, any nobody of these owners. Does. Nobody some, does. Some do it's the weirdest thing or they're like oh like and ultimately who cares what these guys are getting paid it's not your money mm. i mean like this is a perfect example you're like well kelly Oubre, you know why would you ever pay that much well who cares i mean all and like this is with a brand new arena no fans i mean they are probably hemorrhaging a lot of money right now again not to feel bad for them because they have more than they can more than they know what to do with lately yeah well they're talking about trying to get those rapid tests so they can get fans into the arena too i just don't think that's going to happen but uh that's right. They moved to San Francisco last season and it started off badly. You know, they, they had injuries to Clay Thompson, of course, and then Kevin Durant leaves and then they were bad and the season gets on hold. And now, yeah, they're, they're, they're hemorrhaging even more money out there. But uh, yeah, they, they, these guys have got plenty of money and they never actually seem to be in debt either. They, they, or, or, or they never <laughs> seem to lose it. They seem to be able to carry debt that just goes on and on and on forever. It's right. the same with Tillman Fertitta. You know, like he apparently he's like ding. Somebody said <laughs> but they're like they they can just go further and further and further into debt. I don't understand how it works, but uh, yeah, listen, man. <laughs> if I'm Kelly Oubre, though, I'm taking a victory lap around the league. You know how much I'm being paid, or you know how much I'm responsible <laughs> for this year? Eighty-four million dollars. Uh, Michael Eighty Jordan. million dollar man, I love it. Yeah, Michael Jordan only made like hundred and twelve million or something for his career. I mean, <laughs> I like uh, Tass's thinking too. I hadn't thought about this with the Wiggins angle. It's like Wiggins might suffer because like everyone's like, "Oh, you're overpaid, man. You're like you're not, you don't live up to your contract." This is light years ahead thinking here from the Warriors. They're like, "Hey, hold on. If we make Kelly Oubre Jr. basically an eighty million dollar man, then people are going to actually focus on him, all the money he's getting, and that's going to allow Wiggins to." flourish again that's next that's next level thinking that is light years if that uh is the way it goes so good on the warriors wow kelly Oubre jr that's a lot of money all right i will just uh, end this question here by going um with the best signing from day one in my opinion should just go to the best player signed on day one and it's actually a guy that re-signed with his team De'Aaron fox agreeing to a five-year maximum rookie contract extension worth 163 million dollars with the sacramento kings of course hey it's a no-brainer. I love De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he's on his way to being a star. He is not there yet. He's probably not even worth that money yet, that max deal yet. But the idea is he's going to play his way into it. They have him locked up. 
until he's, what, 28 through his 28-age uh, season. So that's what you got to do. You're a small market team. He's also damn good already. He's, I mean, he's averaging 21 points per game, seven assists. We talked about uh, Halliburton coming in beside him, and, and Buddy is still there for right now. I guess Bogdanovich is still there for right now. <laughs> but that extension is going to kick in in 2021-22, and uh, good on him. You know, I, I'm happy for him. I was happy to see Devin Booker get paid, and people were like, oh, he'll never live up to it. And then he had uh, eight games in the bubble. Everyone's like, oh, he might be underpaid. Well, I hope the same thing happens with Fox. And he's improved. He's improved his usage and his true shooting percentage um i don't know what happened to his three-point shot hopefully that bounces back uh as we move forward here he had a bad year last year from deep but he's a damn good player and so good on the kings you, you lock up a guy that has that potential to be uh to be an all-star an all-nba like player an all-defensive like player he's he's good and you gotta do it yeah absolutely yeah. if you're sacramento have to do it so yeah that, that they had no choice there at all sacramento no, anyway no. because uh, but you're also not like oh no you're screwed he feels no, like no, he no. should be still yeah. he he feels like he puts in the work too as long as in, he doesn't get injured i mean that's you can say that with everybody mm. then he's gonna in theory be sort of worth that sort of max type deal and he has a bunch of like uh incentives i guess in there that can get even higher you're almost hoping he doesn't get too good if you're sacramento right away right because you know if he makes all nba teams that that bumps up the percentage that he can actually make uh, but i'm sure they would be happy with that if he's playing that well all right let's end with this guys um favorite minor deal from day one i mean we're obviously not going to get to everything here i think we've touched on a lot but a smaller deal, Tass, uh, you can get us started that uh, you are a fan of. Oh, I got an idea where you're going to go because you're a, you're a Wesley Matthews fan, Tass. You leaning into that? Ear in my mind, Skeets. Wesley Matthews <laughs> going to the Lakers. $3.6 million as their 3 and D guy replacing Danny Green. Wesley Matthews, I don't think, got enough of a shot in the playoffs with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's how much of a Wesley Matthews stan I am. He didn't he didn't finish the fourth quarters like he should have. I'm not sure why. He should have been guarding Jimmy Butler a heck of a lot more. Uh, now he's going to go to the Lakers, and unlike Danny Green, um, who was only able to be played about 25 minutes a game, it's, that's what Wes, I think, you know, approximately was getting last year, too, with the Bucks. I think they're going to play him hard. I think he's going to play lots of minutes. I think he's going to be perfect uh, at that number. Now he has... Uh, Another chance uh, to win a title. Didn't get it with the Bucks. This is Wesley Matthews' shot here. Just hoping he gets one because he deserves it. Didn't his dad play on the Lakers too? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. One of the titles, I think. Yeah. Xavier McDaniel. There's a photo, famous photo. Xavier yeah. McDaniel choking, choking uh, Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So that, that was a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, we, we, we set that one up for a task. We thought he would go with Wes Matthews. That's a, a, a favorite minor deal of his. Trey, what do you got? Oh, oh, wait, we oh, all have our trade. favorite players we love, don't we? Sometimes it's De'Aaron Fox, sometimes it's Wes Matthews, and sometimes it's a player that has your same name. Right. Shout out to the Mavericks. Bring in Trey Burke back for a teeny tiny deal. Three yeah. years, $10 million, but I'm always going to be a Trey Burke fan. He's got my name, and he went to Michigan, and he was good in the bubble last year, so the Mavericks are certainly hoping they get Bubble Burke about 12 points a game. He shot over 40% from three, and he just looked like kind of a Dallas Mavericks catch the ball, move the ball, dribble the ball, shoot the ball kind of player. He'll be in the mix for the backup point guard spot along with Jalen Brunson returning from injury. Obviously, he'll be able to play next to Luka. He would be able to play next to Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson. There's all these different rotation pieces that the Mavericks have in their backcourt now, and I think Trey Burke, he was good for them last year. Uh, Philly shouldn't have let him get away uh, during the season, he would have been a nice player for them to keep around on a cheap deal. But yeah, three mil a year for Trey Burke. As long as he's hitting shots, it's going to be worth it. 
Yeah, I like that one as well. Lee, what do you got? Minor deal. Well, in the last few years, we've all gotten excited when we had Milos Teodosic come over. We had Marcelo Huertas come over from Europe. And now get excited for Facundo Campasso, <laughs> the Argentinian point guard who's been playing over there at Real Madrid. He's 29. It just, it's basically just it's, it's the same as Teodosic and Huertas. It's a great pass, a great court vision. <laughs> right, excited. so that means nothing's going to happen in the NBA. <laughs> well, and, yep. that, and that's a thing. That's a thing. I, 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 I sort of you know, have the feeling that he probably won't have much of an impact. But uh, it's just exciting when we get one of these guys come over here again and he's going to have a few funny little moments, some great passes. But that's probably about what it's going to be. But uh, still... Why not? This is fun. And, uh, if you go and check out a few of his highlight reels, like he's oh, got all that there's same There's some sort of... great passes. Oh, yeah. They're gorgeous. Gorgeous. He's got a great name as well. Didn't see what the contract is, but I, I think he's 29, <laughs> so two years. Well, I saw it was two years. I, yeah. I didn't see any financial number, but it's probably $10 million or something like that. But, uh, yeah, let's get excited. This is what we want. We always want these, uh, these guys who have been playing in Europe for a long time to come over and just give us a taste of whether or not they can make it in the NBA I remember Yasekeshevich. Oh, my God. I can't say his name. Yasekeshevich. Sarunas. Sarunas. Yasekeshevich. That's his name. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah. That was yeah. good. Uh, you know, he was another one. We, we sort of all had hope for that he would come over and do it. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm excited. He's playing out in Denver as well, which is great, playing alongside Nikola Jokic. So we should see some real funky passes between those two. Uh, yeah, go watch the, uh, the dunk bait. Oh, that's right. Yeah, real of him, uh, of Campasso. My God, it does look like Tia Dosic on steroids because I think just since Tia Dosic has come (laughs) along, the editing has gotten better. They're probably the exact same player, uh, but it's just it's such a well edited. It's just all the passes. Like, who cares if the guy finishes? It's just sexy pass, sexy pass, sexy pass. And apparently, he can play defense as well. Nobody really cares when we're talking about this, but. Apparently, he's a a solid player. Oh, dunk comp, not dunk beat. I've been dunk. Baited by dunk. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So many dunk. dunk yeah, uh, with these signings, tweets. sometimes I think that the best part of it is seeing a highlight tape from their <laughs> yep. play overseas, throwing. We're seeing basically all of their best highlights. Then they come to the NBA. There's a few during uh, the preseason. Maybe we get a cool play during the regular season. But then we just go back to watching the highlights from overseas. That's probably what'll happen here. But it's always fun when it happens because we never get to see it in the NBA, right? You always want to see what these guys are like. My big one is, when is Sergio Yule coming? Oh, we got to get Sergio Yule here. Uh, Daryl Morey, he was always trying to lure yep. him to Houston. I don't know how long those draft rights last. He's been a Rockets property for like two decades, it feels like. But uh, maybe he'll be able to figure out a way to get him to the 76 He's only 33, Sergio Yule. <laughs> he has he's been, been around forever, man. He's been a prospect for 20 years at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tweeted this last night too, Trey. I thought about it with the Campazzo. I mean, we have so much fun saying Marco Bellinelli on this podcast. Campazzo is a great name. <laughs> oh, that's to a say, good one. Man. So we hope that he's got some highlights so we can talk about him during the Daily Show every once in a while. Well, I heard Lee say that the passes in Denver are going to be funky. So funky Facundo <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Uh, my favorite minor deal from day one. I don't even know if no, it's that minor. I guess you guys can tell me. But Derek Jones Jr. You talked about it a little bit, Trey. He signed with the Blazers two years, $19 million. So he got paid, and I think he's well worth it. Um, but I just like overall what the Blazers are doing. Trey traded the whole thing, you know, getting Covington and Cantor in trades and then re-signing Rodney Hood. And then adding really here, I think one of the, because of his age, one of the more promising young free agents um, in the market in Derek Jones Jr. I like it. And uh, I don't know if the Blazers 
We'll try some zone out. He played a lot of zone when he was out there for the Heat because he's long and lanky, and you can throw him at the top there. But uh, I like that move. I also like Jermichael Green signing with the Nuggets for two years, $15 million. I don't know, again, if that's minor enough for you, but that's that's solid. You know, Grant leaves. They go get him. They've wanted him for a long time, said Hollinger. Um, and they still got to figure out what they're doing with Millsap and Craig, but they got $20 million left. Uh, below the tax line to get it done if they're bringing back the those two guys as well. So we'll see. Jermichael Green is a just another solid big guy that you sort of want on your team. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to win you a whole lot of games or quarters in playoffs. But again, there's there's something to having guys like that in the mix that it can at least fill in and uh, hit a, obviously three and give you some defense a little bit contribute around the around the fringe. So I like that one as well. Subbing in for Mason Plumlee as their backup center. Right. Right. I, I think it's a very solid move. I, they, I mean, they are going to miss Jeremy Grant, but I think they're going to do enough to to figure it out there. And uh, yeah, I definitely like Derek Jones Jr. to Portland as well. Two years, nineteen million. The confusing part is that's Montrez Harrell money. I just I'm, I'm right. perplexed. They, those two guys got the same dollar amount this year. Nuts. Let me just run through some other. I'll call them major headlines uh, from the last you know 24 hours or so. Um, and you guys can jump in if you want to say anything about them. We're still waiting on Anthony Davis. He says he's going to take his time to sign his new contract. He's not leaving the Lakers. Uh, Gordon Hayward, the last I think I saw is that he's hoping to land a four-year, $100 million type of deal in a sign-and-trade with the Pacers. He wants to go to Indiana. So... That's the last I saw. Still, he hasn't. There's nothing official yet, um, and, and maybe the Celtics and Pacers can uh, work something out. Not a surprise that, uh, as we've joked about before, Hayward <laughs> from Utah to Boston to Indiana, the white trifecta, is uh, would be pretty impressive. But I wonder what it would cost because there's been reports like Ainge is asking for the moon, right? He's asking for yeah. like, oh yeah, give us Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo, you got yeah. yourself a deal. And they're like, uh, no, we were thinking maybe T.J. Warren and uh, like a holiday or something like that. So we'll see on that. We'll just wait on that one. Van Vliet, uh, obviously one of the bigger names still unsigned. I guess uh, Michael Grange, Tass, I think. I know you got the Raps gear on, so maybe you can back me up here. I think he was tweeting out last night that he's going to meet with a bunch of teams today, uh, including the Raptors, and, and go from there. I mean, there's still teams with cap space, but some are gone. Like the Pistons we thought were going to be in play for Van Vliet. That's unlikely. Um, we'll see what the Knicks are thinking, maybe even the Hawks still. But it's looking, I think, more and more likely that he maybe stays with the Raps. What do you think, Tass? Yeah, I agree. I don't know what time it was, uh, but I was extremely groggy looking at my phone, and there was a tweet that said, Fred Van Vliet coming back to Toronto. It's a great signing. So I thought, in, in whatever state I was in, I, I could have been 5 a.m., that he was coming back. So not sure if it was a dream, not sure if it was telling <laughs> that he's coming back, uh, but I, I, I think the Knicks are going to throw everything at him, though. I think it's between Toronto and New York, and... and just go back to Toronto. Just, yeah, I just think, do it. I think it. the Raptors, even if they have to overpay a little bit, I think they want to keep him. I think mm-hmm. they need to keep him. So Because they're probably... I don't know what's happening with Serge there, so they're going to probably lose him. Well, I was just going to say, Serge Ibaka is... Uh, apparently, every team wants him. Yeah. Um, he might... There's something like over 10 suitors for his uh, for services, so he might he might move on. We'll see. Marcus Gasol has been uh, rumored um, to be tied to the Lakers. Of course, a long time ago, we thought he might just go back to Spain. Who knows mm-hmm. if he stays with the Raptors? You're right there, uh, Lily. So maybe it'll depend on what those guys decide as well. What else was I going to add? I was going to add one more little piece of news. Oh, I guess John Wall wants out. 
of Washington. <laughs> and then there was like rumors that the Rockets uh. and Magic had discussed a Westbrook for Wall type of trade, but it didn't gain any traction. You're laughing at that, Lee, that Wall wants out? Well, the, the, yeah. I mean, Washington, um, what a situation they're in there with John Wall because he hasn't played for basically two years. Uh, and he's still got like $130 million on his contract. I know we say it all the time. No contract is untradeable, but... Where where do you how like what can John Wall sort of give you at that three years one hundred and thirty million when he comes back because he's probably still going to be a, a decent player but uh, we just haven't seen him play and 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 if you're the Wizards I mean like what sort of a market is there out there for him I, I just I'm not sure if I'm sure if the Wizards can get off that contract they would in a second but uh, it, it's going to be tough but Washington's another weird city because no one wants to go and play there either. They they've only got Wall and Beal because they drafted them. No one, no free agent wants to go and sign in Washington. So they need to hang on to their stars as best they can. And if one of them is saying, "I don't want to play here anymore," it's um, I mean, then Beal surely Beal's going to go too if Wall goes. I don't see why he would stay. Hmm. I don't Andrew, know. Andrew Nicholson wanted to go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, well, only a few weeks ago uh, said he was really, really, really pumped to play with Bradley Beal. Uh, and yeah, the last couple of years, I mean, the only sort of memorable moment we've had from him hasn't been on the basketball floor is when he was playing cards during a television interview. So it's just, uh, it's strange. I'd like to see him back on the court to see what him and Bradley Beal can do. Yeah. Uh, I don't want this talk. Just get back happy and just get back playing. Cause it's true where he's not going to a contender. Um, if he's getting dealt, let's give it one year with Bradley Beal and, and see, see where you go. Let's. Let's do it. Maybe John Wall is worried that the Washington Wizards are going to be uh, flipped with the Toronto Raptors in divisions and that the Wizards are going to be in the Atlantic <laughs> division because this is my final piece of news here. The Raptors are going to start next season in Tampa, Florida because of travel restrictions uh, the Canadian government has put in place stemming from the pandemic, obviously. Uh, the Raps have been looking at spots for like weeks here. Uh, you know, Nashville was in the mix. Some other spots in Florida were in the mix. But with NBA training camp less than two weeks away, uh, season starting on December 22nd, which is basically a month from today, the Raps had to make a decision. So they did. It's Tampa, Florida, Tampa A. Um, <laughs> they will play at the same arena uh, of the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. So they will start there. Now, That's they may not sign. end there. They might go back to Toronto. You never know during the break, but who knows in 2020 with what's going on. Yeah, but there's talk of like them literally flipping divisions with... Uh, doesn't with, seem with like the, that's going to happen, actually. No, it's yeah, you're right. Be- because it, it almost makes sense, but it doesn't because we didn't think that we thought the schedule was going to be more heavily favored or weighted tra- or tasks. Um, you did especially like, and I agree with you, like they were going to play more games against their own division, but that's not really the case. Like, absolutely not. It's actually yeah. less so than in yeah. regular years. Usually, yeah. they you play your own division four times, and then everybody else in the conference you know, three times. Generally, um, now they're playing everybody in the same conference three times. So it. It's just strange. It would reduce travel. It would reduce miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't rack up those frequent flyer miles as much. But yeah, it, it, it's a little strange to me that uh, they wouldn't. I, I guess it's just a little gimmicky, um, just to do it, just to flip divisions. Now we're flipping divisions for what reason, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was. I was a little bit disappointed because if they did go to the Southeast Division against the Hawks and the Magic and the Heat, 
a good shot that they win that division, <laughs> and then they could hang a Southeast Division Championship banner like they've hung the Atlantic right. Division the Championship Tampa, banner. The Tampa Raptors up there. That'd be the fantastic. Tampa Raptors. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you better be able to buy Tampa Raptors gear. Like they they got to lean into this. I, I would love to get my hands Well, they just released all their new uniforms, right? But they all just say Raptors on them. They're not even going to have to put the word Tampa on the front of the jerseys. They knew. They knew. Wow. Well, they're never going to say Tampa Raptors. They're never going to say Tampa no. Raptors. Like the, those two words will never be placed. Well, I am. <laughs> like the Blue also, Jays played in Buffalo. They were never the Buffalo Blue yeah, Jays. They weren't the BBJs. Uh, but weren't they? Thought... They were the new Hornets back in the day. The New Orleans, mm. Oklahoma City Hornets, and I think it did say it on their jerseys. But that was a thousand years ago. So who knows? Yeah, it did. Yeah, but that yeah that was a full season move, wasn't it? Because of the hurricane and stuff. Yeah, who knows what happens? The Raptors may go back in the playoffs, depending on what the situation is. I just think that Marc Gasol now, the rumor was that he was going to go play in Spain. He'd be go playing against uh, uh, Facundo. He could, Facundo's old team. Uh, what's what's that guy's name? Campoza or whatever. Sarunas Yavisakevich's coach in there in Spain. There were those rumors. Now there's the L.A. rumors. I just don't think he's going to Tampa. I think he's choosing one of those other situations rather than Tampa. I Marcus' whole thing is just weirding me out, man. Him playing with LeBron James, taking uh, taking his old bros team. That's 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 weird to me right now. I'll tell you what weirded me out. Something I learned. I always thought the city was called Tampa Bay. I always thought mm. it Tampa Bay, mm. Florida, but it's not. It's Tampa. Mm. <laughs> it's well, straight up Tampa. Yeah, that's I a remember. weird one, eh? Poor Mister Wonderful <laughs> Orndorff was from Tampa, Florida. I remember from the old uh, wrestling days. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say Bay. Paul Orndorff. No, he was yeah from Tampa, Florida. Yeah, no, I always oh, just thought it was Tampa wonderful. Bay, Florida, because mm. of the Buccaneers. But it's just Tampa. Because of the uh, and the Lightning, I guess too. Yeah. What are the Devil Rays? Are they just the Rays now? Aren't they? Is it Tampa? What is that? Tampa Rays? Or is it yeah. Tampa Bay Rays? Right. They lost the Devil. Yeah, they lost yeah, the, I think it's the right, Bay Rays. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> they're the Christian Rays. No, yeah, they're just. But isn't that a good sign though? They're going to play where the Lightning play, who just won the Stanley Cup. Yep. All right. They're good on, on in stadiums where there's ice. They play where the Leafs play currently. Uh, the Tampa Rays, whatever they're called, they yep. just went to the World Series. Good. That's great. That's in this year, this year. And who knows, maybe the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be good this year, too. They're looking <laughs> yeah, good. I think they're 7-3 and three or something. That's what we've heard. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good sign. Sure. That's, yeah. Okay. That's Tampa it. Raptors. I, I I want some bootleg Tampa Raptors gear. I'm telling you right now. Oh, I, I saw you put up the map that you thought about driving down there. It does. It's not from that Atlanta. far. I mean, I actually no. thought it was further in my head, but it's uh, what did what did I have there? Six hours, seven hours, something like that. I don't want to go to an arena right now during the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> but the Raps are right there. I mean, that's our home team. They're not that far. We could do that. Could make a weekend in Tampa. Look at me, I'm in Tampa this week. <laughs> That's what the locals say. They don't say Tampa Bay. Oh, they say Tampa. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's a great uh, Salvador Dali museum down there in St. Petersburg, Florida. So you can, you know, if the Raps have a day off, go see some artwork. I would love The that. hallucinogenic Toreador, if you will. Ooh, very Beautiful exciting. stuff. That museum is awesome. Legit right? awesome. I've been That's there great. and it's great. It's <laughs> worth the drive. When did you go there? <laughs> I've been to St. Pete's a couple of times over the holidays. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. All right. I've been to St. Pete's. We are making a weekend of it. We're we're heading. We're going to. Yeah. Uh, what do you call that? Is that uh? It's not Northern Florida. You call it Mid Florida. It's not Southern Florida. 
What do you Central, call it? Central Florida? Florida. Western Florida? Western Florida? It's on the Gulf Coast. What? It's on the Gulf. Yeah, it's, Gulf it's on a bay, yeah. I guess, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Let's call yeah. it there. Yeah, let's call it there. We uh, <laughs> Hopefully you got to a lot of stuff that you were interested in. I know we didn't touch on every single signing or trade, but hey, we tried our best. We're going to wait and see whether today's you know day two of free agency warrants another podcast a sunday podcast we'll get some big juicy signings or some big deals we might jump back on sunday morning to discuss them if not i'm guessing we're probably gonna be back on a monday on sunday things become start becoming official so things might change a little bit as well but in the meantime get your questions and your comments in for our next beach step and podcast email them in no dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc guys great to see you on a saturday Great to talk hoops and museums with you. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, this guy, Wesley Matthews, he's winning a championship. <laughs> look at that young Wesley Matthews. Wow, look at that young Tass Mills. Young Tass Mills approached him in a Chicago airport in 2011, a long, long time ago when he was on his way to Portland during the lockout. This guy's going to win a championship next year. Good luck to Wesley. Look at that tiny phone in his hand. Showing you a photo here. <laughs> Look at that tiny baby phone that he's got there. Isn't an iPhone 3? Tiny so phone, small. giant headphones. I love it. <laughs> All right. Embrace the day, people.